Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our fourth and final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for January 2nd, 2011. And, uh, yeah, we're into our, I don't know, we're, this is going to be about four hour, over four hours today of um, fun-filled topics the whole family can enjoy. And uh, this, we're going to segue into a um, part about the, the uh, Gulf oil spill. And we're just going to, just more current event information on that. Very important stuff, though. I mean, this is really heavy duty. Uh, I sent out an email not too long ago with about four different links that I, where I said the links below provide total confirmation regarding everything and more I have warned about since the BP oil disaster. And again, this was the main reason that, that I believe the Lord took us out of Florida was regarding this. And this is just pure confirmation uh, that everything I had reported on suspected is, I mean, I wasn't even doing it justice. I'm realizing now. Uh, first article is, um, BP and the government famously declared that most of the oil had disappeared. But as I have noted, now this is the guy writing the article, as much as 90% of the oil is still in the ocean. 98%. I have repeatedly pointed out that BP and the government applied massive amounts of dispersion to the Gulf oil spill in an effort to sink and hide the oil. Many others said the same thing. BP and the government denied this, of course, but the oil is not remaining hidden. Indeed, as the Wall Street Journal noted on December 9th, a university scientist in federal government says they have found persuasive evidence that oil from the massive Gulf of Mexico spill is settling on the ocean floor, the new findings from scientists at the University of South Florida and from a broad government effort mark the latest indication that the environmental damage from the blowout of a BP um, of the BP well could be significant, where it is hardest to find deep under the Gulf surface. I mean, we're talking thousands of feet deep here. Scientists who have been on research cruises in the Gulf in recent days report finding layers of residue up to several centimeters thick from what they suspect is the BP oil. The material appears to in spots across several thousands of square miles on the seafloor, they said. Well, again, that's what you would expect. I mean, I think to a certain extent that they spray the dispersants on the oil at the oil head and then also by planes at night as it was surfacing because oil will float, it's lighter than water, and they sunk it. And now a lot of that oil has fallen down to the ocean floor. Of course, it did it before, and probably to a certain extent, some of it is congealed. And now they've got literally thousands of square miles of seafloor where they've got this oil sitting. And the dispersant, as we've reported, is at least 11 times more toxic than the oil itself. So what is this going to produce? A gigantic dead zone in the ocean which is what we've said. Now, again, I give you the link here to the newest conspiracy theory of Jesse Ventura. It doesn't mean I agree with him theologically about things. It doesn't mean I don't think that he couldn't be a plant either. Okay? So I'm, I've had people email me about, oh, he's this and he's that. Okay, I understand he's Christ-hating and this and that. I'm talking about the sheer information that he's putting out or that Big Brother is letting him put out is total confirmation to everything we have reported on from the get-go regarding this. And they did an excellent job of exposing this. I mean, I even learned some things in, in this. And I give you the link. You can click on it. Total confirmation. Next article, top British newspaper. Um says, this goes back to the BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. The oil has gummed up the ocean bed and switched off 
the North Atlantic Current, which keeps Europe from freezing. Now, I reported on this months ago, that it literally has switched off the North American loop current, which goes into the Gulf Stream, which has a lot to do with putting warm water up into, you know, the, the seas near Europe, and, you know, and what it's done <clears throat> is now Europe is having this incredibly freezing winter, and I've had several people email me from there telling me they've never seen anything like it. I mean, it's freakish, the cold weather they're getting there. <clears throat> it goes on to say, we are at the start of a new ice age. You don't believe it? You might want to read the findings of Dr. Ganluji. Zangari, a theoretical physicist at the National Institute of Nuclear Physics in Italy, who says that the Earth's central heating system has broken down because of the oil spill. It's that big of a deal. This isn't like some little garden variety you know, issue we're dealing with here. Next article is just a title. You can click on this unprecedented coldest December ever recorded in Scotland. Record snow fall in London. Weather causes BP prices to rise. And again, I've gotten, I didn't even put the testimonials I'm getting from people in here, but they're, they're confirming this. Uh, this is really the last article. It's, it's a, kind of a long article, but it's called The Gulf of Mexico is Dying, a special report on the BP oil spills by Dr. Tom Termato um, from Global Research. It is with deep regret that we publish this report. We do not take this responsibility lightly as the consequences of the following observations are of a great import and have a far-reaching ramifications for the entire planet. Truly the fate of oceans of the world hangs in the balance as does the future of humankind. Now again, this is written from a secular standpoint, so understand he's not going to quote any Bible in here. I'm just giving you this to present. Um, this is somebody that really, really has done their homework. Okay, I mean, they've got, if you wanted to, you can click in this. This is going to be at the very end of the PDF, starting on about page 20 of 9 of the um, uh, January 2nd, 2011 PDF at ContendingForTruth.com. And you want, you want to do a detailed study on this? Well, you can click on this article, and I've eliminated a lot of the links because it's so technical, some of the stuff they get into. And I've tried to edit this, uh, but, you know, this guy has really, and the people he's working with, have really done their homework regarding this issue. The Gulf of Mexico does not exist in isolation and is, in fact, connected to the seven seas. Hence, we publish these findings in order that the world community will come together to further contemplate this dire and demanding predicament. We also do so in hope that it is an appropriate global response will be formulated and acted upon for the sake of future generations. It is the most basic responsibility for every civilization to lead their world in a better condition than which they inherited from their forebears. After conducting the Gulf, the Gulf Oil Spill Remediation Conference over, for over seven months, we can now disseminate the following information with the authority and confidence of those who have thoroughly investigated this crime scene. There are many research articles, investigative reports, and penetrating exposés archived at the following website, which he gives you, um, particularly those posted from August through November, provide a unique body of evidence, many with compelling photo documentaries, which portray the true state of affairs at the Macondo Prospect in the Gulf of Mexico. That's the site of the oil, the original site of the oil leak here. And again, they're, they're showing a picture here of chemical spraying caught on camera disguised as post-operation rig move and cement ops. Um, and they're actually spraying the um, uh, 
the dispersants at very, very uh, high or, or um, very, very great depths where the oil is actually coming out so that the oil actually never comes to the surface. Um, the pictorial evidence tells the whole story, especially the BP narrative is nothing but a corporate-created illusion. In other words, the story we're getting from BP is a lie. A web of fabrication spun in collaboration with the federal, U.S. federal government and mainstream media, big oil as well as the military-industrial complex have aided and abetted this whole scheme and the information blackout because of the very future of oil and gas industry is at stake as is the future of the U.S. empire, which sprawls around the world and requires vast amounts of hydrocarbon fuel. And again, they're, they're showing all these different pictures I can't even get into, but they're, they're very compelling. And again, I don't know if I've seen anyone regarding this whole subject that have done their homework more than these guys. I mean, they're, they're really on top of it. Various pictures, photos, and diagrams that fill the many articles at the aforementioned website represent photo evidence about the true state of affairs on the seafloor surrounding the Macondo Prospect in the Mississippi Canyon. This is where the actual um, seafloor location is, the Macondo Prospect in the Mississippi Canyon, which is located in the central planning area of the northern Gulf of Mexico. The very dynamics of the Dramatic changes and continuous evolution of the seafloor have been captured in ways that very few have ever seen. These snapshots have given us a window of understanding into the true state of the underlying geological formations around the various wells drilled in the Macondo Prospect. Although our many deductions may be difficult for the layperson to apprehend at first, to the trained eye these are but obvious conclusions which are simple the simp- which are simply the result of cause and effect. In other words, there is no dispute around the most serious geological changes which have actually occurred and continue to occur in the region around the Macondo Wells. The original predicament, an 87-day gushing well, was extremely serious, as grasped by the entire world, and the existing situation is only going to get progressively worse. So just what does this current picture look like? Please take Click on the link to view the relevant diagrams and read the commentary. I'll give you the link there, but I'm not going to get in it because it's just, it's just, I could get way, I mean, some of this is way over my head, to be quite honest with you. I mean, this guy, they've really, really done their work, but I'm going to try to give you the, kind of the cliff note version. As the diagram clearly indicates above, what it shows is a, um, a cutaway of, the oil coming out of the ground at the wellhead all the way down thousands of feet below and showing what is actually happening. Okay, remember what I said a long time ago? I said if they cap the well, the well's already fractured in many, many other spots. And there's many other areas of the seabed floor for literally miles around where there's oil seeping now. Well, what they did is when they capped the well, all they did is force all the pressure into all these other leaks that were already formed and now the oil's just coming out of those, which is exactly what I said was going to happen. All they're going to ultimately end up doing is making the problem worse. Because now they've created even a worse situation where you've got multiple, multiple, probably hundreds if not thousands of leaks um, from the fractured wellhead. And now that you've created all this back pressure by capping the well, now the other leaks are going to come and they're going to expand And it's going to worsen. As the diagrams clearly indicate, the geology around the well bore has blown. This occurred because of drilling contiguous to what they call a salt dome, as well as because of the gas explosions, which did much damage to the integrity of the well casing. Cementing the well bore, 
did much damage to the well casing, cementing, well bore, well head, and foundation around the well head. 87 straight days of gushing hard hydrocarbon effluent, which is like their way of saying oil. But again, there's a lot of other toxic stuff other than oil in this, and we documented that as well in times past. Uh, 87 straight days of gushing hydrocarbon effluent under great pressure only served to further undermine the entire well system. Finally, when it was capped, putting the system back under pressure forced the upsurging hydrocarbons to find weaknesses throughout the greater system, which reveals all sorts of compromised, uh, compromised, fractured, and unsettled geology through which the hydrocarbons could travel all the way to the seafloor into the Gulf of Mexico. So again, they've started off with a mini-monster, now they've created a really big monster, is what's going on. The rock beds in the vicinity of the salt dome are highly fractured and permeable due to stress and deformation which occurred as the salt dome thrusted upwards. That's from a, that's a quote from a guy named B.K. Lim, and he's a geohazard specialist. Larger faults can open up much greater opportunities for the hydrocarbons to find their way to the seafloor via cracks and crevices, craters and chasms. In fact, the numerous leaks and seeps throughout the seafloor surface, which are quite apparent from various ROV feeds, um, which are those really deep underground cameras, give testimony to the sub-seafloor geological formations, which is in great turmoil and undergoing unprecedented flux. Once the oil gets into the shallow, faulted zones, we have an uncontrollable situation. The place where most of the oil and gas is coming out is at the foothills of the continental shelf, as shown in figure 134-1 in the article, quote, BP continues to dazzle us with their unlimited magic, end of quote. Um, There are actually three different ongoing disasters, each more grave and challenging than the previous one. I'm going to list them right here which must be considered when assessing the awesome destruction to the Gulf of Mexico in the oil and gas industry. So these are the three ongoing disasters. The first one being the least of the three. And that we're going to go ongoing. Number one, a single gushing well up to 100,000 barrels per day of oil for 87 days into the Gulf of Mexico at the Macondo Prospect along with two smaller rogue wells. Uh... Number two, numerous leaks and seeps within 5 to 10 square miles of the Macondo well with an aggregate outflow of an unknown amount of oil per day in the Gulf of Mexico. Which, again, these are all the outcroppings of, of, of um, other oil leaks that were created from this one. Number three, countless gushers, spills, leaks, and seeps throughout the Gulf of Mexico where drilling has been conducted for many decades with an outflow that cannot even be estimated. But it is well in excess of any guesstimate which would ensure the slow and steady demise of the Gulf of Mexico. And again, there's no way to cap this stuff. There's no way. There's too many. The the, the problem that they've created... I mean, I guess the only way that that it could ever be remedied is if the, the wells all tapped out. But because we know, uh, and we talked about this, um, oh, that term. It's the term that oil replenishes itself in the, in the earth. And they found abiotic oil. That's the term. Because we know abiotic oil is a fact, okay, and it's, that's totally been covered up. In other words, the earth literally regenerates oil in these oil wells. It's not something that, that came from the prehistoric dinosaurs, 
okay, and these types of things. It is something that the earth actually regenerates within its system. It's called abiotic oil. It's proven. And this is why they'll go back to old oil wells that were long since tapped out, and they're filled now. What happened? Did more dinosaurs die and, like, get in there and decay and more plant life? No, that's not what happened. It's that the actual earth actually makes its own oil. How that happens, I don't really know. I mean, if you did a study on it, I'm sure you could probably find out the theories. But because of abiotic oil, there's a very good chance that these things aren't going to run dry. And this is just going to continue. I mean, it's like trying to have a, uh, a dam and you've got, you know, thousands of cracks in the dam and they're all getting worse. You just, you can't cap them all. You've created this gigantic problem and it's just going to get worse. It is the last scenario, which was the part three that I just said, is the last scenario we will all face in which there is no easiest or obvious solution. The truth be told, there currently does not exist the technology or machinery or equipment to repair the damage um, that has been wrought by the process of deep undersea drilling, especially when it is performed in the wrong place. Therefore, whenever the oil and gas finds points of entry into the Gulf of Mexico through the seafloor, these leaks and seeps will only continue to get worse. Here's why. Methane gas mixed with salt water and mud makes for a very potent corrosive agent. Under high pressure, it will find every point of egress through the rock and sediment formations all the way up to the seafloor, where it will find any point of exit that is available. The longer and more forceful that it flows through the fractured area, which is dependent on volume, temperature, pressure at the source of the hydrocarbons, the more its corrosive effects will widen, broaden, and enlarge the channels, cracks, crevices throughout the subfloor sea geology, thereby creating a predicament that no science, technology, or equipment can ever remedy. Can't, Can't happen. Now, he gives some more pictures here, which I do have. I also have a little chart here regarding the seismic activity in the Gulf of Mexico and the uptick of earthquakes in the Mississippi River Basin and surrounding region. I show you all the oil platforms that are actually in that region, and they look like there's, um, my word, western, there's there's about 4,000, 4,000 oil platforms from, you know, Texas all the way to the Alabama-Florida border out into the ocean. I mean, there's that many. Um, I give you the map there that you can look at. Uh, also, rep- I also give you the map of the green. There's this map of green lines representing active pipelines, 25,000 miles in all, from these oil rigs inland. Um, yellow dots representing oil rigs as well. So. That, I'll give you that as well. The map that follows, however, tells a story which demands the attention of every resident of the Gulf of Mexico coastline. The video link below the map shows the development of a timeline of successively deeper wells being drilled during the last decade. Of course, with greater depths come much greater risks, as the technology and machinery have not been proportionally upgraded to accommodate the extraordinary demands, extraordinary demands, and unforeseen contingencies of such speculative and dangerous, of such a speculative and dangerous enterprise. Oil and gas drilling in seawater depths of over 4,000 feet, and then through 15 to 25,000 feet of Earth's crust and mantle, is considered extremely dangerous to those from whom reason and common sense have not yet fled. Now, we got into that as well, that the whole, the very, the very thing, this was one of those really, really super deep wells, 
and the insanity of doing this from the get-go, we reported on that in depth. Okay, so th- that by itself is just insane. And they give you a chart here to show you all these wells, um, the, these super, super deep wells that have been drilled in, in recent times. It is critical to understand the location and current activity of the various faults which exist. Throughout the Gulf of Mexico and how they connect to the New Madrid fault line, which is one of the major uh, fault lines that runs through America diagonally, as well as other major faults at much greater distances. There does appear to be an emerging uptick in earthquake activity in the greater Louisiana area, Louisiana area, as well as contiguous regions in the, in the Gulf of Mexico, as demonstrated by unprecedented, I'll bet, low-level earthquakes. Now then, the question remains, just how vulnerable has the Gulf of Mexico been made to a truly catastrophic event? Ending up with an overwhelming displacement of water, producing tidal waves in an aftermath of an undersea earthquake. There is no question that the ceaseless fracturing of the seafloor and fissuring of the subsea floor geological strata by the oil and gas industry has set up quite a conductive, conducive environment for a huge, unintended consequences in the form of an earthquake. Now, you can imagine if, if all these areas where they fractured the seafloor and drilled down, and then you've got all these seeps and leaks and, and fissures and all these things that's putting out oil that they can't control and they can't cap. Well, what if you have a really bad earthquake as a result of all this messing around down there, and let's say it just occurs by itself, and then you've got all of these fractures and fissures that are already there. You literally have the potential for this, for like, like for this thing to blow, like the head of it to blow off. And to literally have some type of underground oil field all come out at once. Which would be absolutely cataclysmic. And we had talked about that before in previous teachings. Uh, It's a really, really, really bad scenario to be anywhere in the Gulf of Mexico. And I mean, I would say Florida would be one of the worst. Because, like I said, if, if, if this happened and you had some type of subsea underground earthquake and it creates some type of tsunami, you know, that could literally roll all the way over Florida. Any of the coastal regions, not only that, but the but the air quality issues, which we've reported on many times in the past. Um, it's a really bad scenario. That whole region. I wish I had better news, but I don't. We leave it up to the experts to conduct the necessary risk assessments, which will most assuredly let loose a sea of red flags about what big oil has actually done and is currently doing in the Gulf of Mexico. Furthermore, we are deeply concerned that if a permanent moratorium on all new oil and gas drilling and extraction in the Gulf of Mexico is not put into place post-haste, the coastal communities will remain in a very precarious situation. Now, considering the following scenario... That, the very, that this very same predicament which we have all witnessed in the Gulf of Mexico is happening whenever oil and gas drilling is conducted in various water bodies throughout the planet. Therefore, we can multiply the Maconda Prospect disaster 100 times and still not come close to the impacts that these ongoing gushers, spills, leaks, seeps have, ha, are having the world over. So in other words, wherever this type of drilling is taking place, most likely they're getting, maybe not on this scale, but they're getting into a lot of environmental um, impacts that are just all being covered up. So that's the study for today. It's, uh, we're on page 35 of the study. Um, 
I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time and day that you've given us. Praise you, Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy that you've bestowed upon us, Lord God, for letting us live, Lord God, in this particular time, this day and age that um, I know that the angels and the saints have, have wanted to look into, Lord God, from, from times past. And we just praise you, Lord God, that, that you've um, chosen us worthy to live in this time. I do pray, God, you'd use the body of Christ mightily, my listeners mightily, Lord God, in the days and times to come, that you would strengthen us, Lord God, that you would help us. Uh, to be salt and light, that your name would be glorified through us, that many would be saved as a result of the efforts that you would you would use the body of Christ for, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, Lord God, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, and that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you.